1: plus we get into the antics, breakdowns and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood.
2: All right, you ready, babe?
1: Yep, let's do it, mama.
2: Hey family, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Sarah Evans. This is the Doing it at Home podcast. Got some exciting news for you, so hang on for that. But first, want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving to those in the States who are celebrating that and just wishing you well and time together with loved ones or whomever you're choosing to spend the time with and to just be together, be present, be still grateful. All awesome things to practice regardless of the week right, or the holiday. But those are the intentions and the space that we're holding for you. And, you know, as we move into the holiday season, just wishing all of you all across the globe that you are well and just know that we're thinking of you and we're, we're sending out all the vibes and that you are choosing to spend time with us right now and be here in this space is so beautiful. We're so humbled. So thank you. And to celebrate part of that, there's a lot of cool things coming up. So we relaunched our swag shop, our merchandise, our store has been completely updated and there's some new stuff in there. So you definitely want to check that out. Go to our website, dihpodcast.com and there's a link to the shop. There's also a link to the shop from our Instagram profile as well. But we're running a special a little promotion discount for you for this week, kind of celebrating Black Friday and through Cyber Monday. So it's be, going to be going on from now until the end of Monday evening. So specifically Tuesday at 12 a.m. Eastern is when this will complete. And it's for 30% off everything, anything in the store. And that code is THANKFUL and so one time usage one per customer like i said there's that time frame between now and it ends tuesday at 12 a.m. eastern and Go check it out. Now is the perfect time to get your gifts in for your midwife or your doula, your fellow birth junkie friend, or just hashtag treat yourself. We have a new collection of mugs. We've got the Have Babies Where You Make Them collection. Let's talk home birth. We have our new logo in there as well. So great gifts. You support the show. Win 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 win. So again, use that code thankful. From now until 12-1, December 1st, 12 a.m. Eastern, is when that will end. And that's for 30% off. So you want to do that. And then you also want to make sure you're following us on all the ways to follow us, all the platforms, specifically this week, Instagram and our private Facebook group where, I don't know, we might be doing a giveaway. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying that might that might happen. So <laughs> if you're hearing this today or then the next day of this publishes, go to that. Go make sure you're following us on Instagram. Go make sure that you are in the private Facebook group request to hop in there. Okay. All right, so this week we're bringing you a fan favorite from this year. Actually aired originally in January of 2020, and it's been one of our most listened to episodes. So in the celebration of that and just reflection on the year, I wanted to bring it back for you. And it's around hypnobirthing, which is awesome. So if you've had questions about that, this is a great time to listen to this. And if you've listened already, chances are you're going to learn something new. And if you just happen to miss it from earlier in the year, well, here's your chance. So again, happy Thanksgiving, be well, and we will see you all next week. Hi, Christy, welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Yeah,
1: thank you for joining us. We're super excited to have you on the show.
2: So Christy, kick it off with who you are, what you do, and let's kind of set the stage in context.
0: Sure. So my name is Christy Rodriguez, and I am a hypnobirthing teacher. I'm a prenatal and postnatal yoga teacher. I'm also a prenatal health coach. And I, um, I'm also the author of the book, Pure Nurture, A Holistic Guide to a Healthy Baby. And in the last year and a half, I've started the Pure Nurture podcast as well. So basically anything that has to do with education, birth, pregnancy, and health around pregnancy and postpartum and supporting mothers, that's what I'm all about. Wow.
1: Yeah, we love it. Yeah,
2: so you're not up to much. You're not doing
1: anything. Yeah, over no, there.
0: Just, <laughs> <laughs> just hanging out. <laughs> and you have two children. And I have two little ones. Yes, I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old, two little girls. So... They keep me busy as well. Try to, you know, make sure every little part has its own compartment and then keep everything kind of condensed to when they are in school. And that's when I do all of my pure nurture work. And then I do teach in the evenings, but I try to limit it to one evening a week. So yeah, it's been a constant. I mean, I've been going at this for about three years now with pure nurture itself. It was something else before that, but I've been really working on figuring out how to make it all work. And, you know, and it's, it can be hard sometimes, but I love it so much. I really do enjoy it. So Mm,
2: that's amazing. What a beautiful dance.
0: (laughs) Yes.
1: Yeah. I want to, I want to actually go down a path a little bit of how you do make it all work because, you know, there's, there's moms and dads who are listening right now that have got similar things going on. They've got, you know, just a bunch of stuff the same way that you do. What are some of the uh, things that you're doing day in, day out, just to kind of keep you sane and balanced and you know, peaceful and flowing? Just talk to me a little bit about that.
0: Sure. So I really find that moving my body is the key. I have to do something, whether it's going for a walk outside. My favorite thing is yoga. I love practicing yoga. So I either go to a class or like yesterday, I didn't go to a class, but I have I joined FMTV, which is an online program or online uh, platform, I guess, that has a lot of documentaries, docu-series, and um, also a lot of yoga classes, guided meditations. And so I will pull up something from there. I'll do a meditation and I'll do a yoga practice from there. And then I also just recently found Orange Theory, which is really intense, but I found that I kind of like that. So once in a while I throw in something intense, but mostly my practice is really just walk yoga, but that really helps. I find if I don't move my body, I can kind of... sink a little bit into lower energy, a little bit of depression, and it affects everything. It affects my the way that I mother. It just affects everything. So I find that as long as I keep my body moving on a regular basis, that keeps me feeling pretty good. And then also really making the schedule known ahead of time and working with my husband to – let him know and talk with him too about what he has going on. And then we have a Google, a shared Google calendar and really kind of making my time set for what I need to feel good and working with him so he can do the same. He's a cyclist. So he really needs to get outside and ride his bike. And so as long as we're both kind of supporting each other in what we need, um, it it works and it does not work all the time. We have a lot of hiccups and some frustrations. And it's just part of part of it all. And for me, it's not letting those hiccups, pull me down and then keep me in a funk. It's like, okay, that happened. That was annoying, whatever it was, whatever the hiccup was, and then moving on from there. But um, that and then and then eating well, I mean, I just, I have the tendency to not eat as much. And because I get so excited about that I'm doing, or I don't have time. I, my husband and I, we call ourselves scavengers because we'll like make the girls breakfast in the morning and get them onto the bus. And then we come back in and eat their leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> we get that. like, That's, you know, that's not, that's not great, but you know, it's, it's just part of it. But I, I find that, you know, as long as I can, uh, take time and make time to actually sit down and eat and do some mindful eating, and really slow down and enjoy my food and make that a priority. That also helps. But really time blocking, using the shared Google calendar and making sure that that I really do take time for myself. I I follow Kate Northrup and her work. And I love the one thing that she says uh, that I just learned just a couple of months ago that she says is body first, business second. And for the last mm. two and a half, three years, I was doing it the other way around. And I was not feeling great. And so I've started implementing this concept of body first and it makes all the difference in the world. So I would definitely say, you know, to any of your listeners, especially, I know a lot of them are moms to be parents to be, if not parents already. And, um, and I would say even body first, and even I mean, it's, it's going to sound counterintuitive, but body first, baby second, because I mean, you know, we have yeah. to take care of our babies. But at the same time, if we are not taking care of ourselves, we're going to have very little to give or the quality of what we have to give is not going to be um, as high. So really take I mean, even if that's just a few minutes here and there, whatever it is, what, whatever it means to you, taking a little bit of time for yourself um, can go a long way
2: oh you christy you're speaking <laughs> all of it all of the things my language right now i i love that you did that little sidebar matthew you had that inspiration to do that because i think everything that you shared is so crucial for mamas to hear and what's great about it is any of what you shared is applicable wherever you're at in terms of the journey of motherhood so you could be preconception Or trying to conceive and hear this message and start implementing some of it to impact you. You could be pregnant. You could be newly postpartum. You could be years postpartum. And you can take something from what you just shared and make it work for you and where you're at. And maybe it's just one piece of some of the elements you, you shared that you carve out and you work on right now. Maybe it's just the keeping the body moving. And that's just what you're focused on right now. And then you can start you know, diving into other things like making your schedule work better for you or looking at the nutrition, but you can take something and you can implement it. And it's so, so important. I'm I'm really grateful to you for sharing that and kind of pulling back the curtain to your process a little bit. And I'm a big Kate Northrup fan as well. And one of her things that really resonates with me is be, do less, be more, that sort of concept. And I feel like that ties in with what you're saying you know the foundation and you know that everything stems from that whether that's you particularly in your work with the people that you impact and the energy that you share there to your kids them being such malleable you know absorbent little beings especially in those younger years it it matters what what's coming out of you <laughs> you know
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah
2: absolutely that's gold. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. I'm going to link resources to Kate Northrup and FMTV and a couple of things that that you shared. Uh, and a lot of alignment. What you what you listed, like Google Calendar, that is the same <laughs> situation over here. Oh, we yeah. are synced up and we need all of the color coordination and oh, all the things.
0: Hmm. Yeah. No, and one little thing I wanted to add, too, to all of that is that something that I always think is there's going to be this one day that I'm going to get there. I'm going to achieve this balance. I'm going to I'm going to everything's going to run smoothly. And then once I figure out the best planning method and the best this and the other things and then I'll get there. And you know what? I don't think that ever happens. Yeah. We don't ever get there. There are always bumps. There are always hiccups. There are always shifts in schedules. You know, like my daughter's got the flu this, over the holidays, like stuff happens. And so being able to just ride those waves a little more smoothly and not feel like we're going to get to this place where we have this perfect schedule and everything's just going to run great one day. Once we have it all figured out, I think it just doesn't happen. And so to understand that and to honor that, you know, it's like that it's trying to reach for perfection that it just doesn't exist. I think that can create a little bit uh, more ease, more, I don't know. I just feel like the nervous system can kind of relax a little bit when we're not constantly trying to achieve this state of balance and perfection.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just seeing this from your energy and your your brand and what you stand for. But when I think about nurture, you know, you are pure nurture. Nurturing doesn't have an expectation in mind like that, what you're describing or this end point, you know, nurturing and, you know, what I think you're getting at with this this process of your your own balance, your own flow, what works like it's its journey, it's continuum, it's ongoing and when you kind of release, let down those those harsh expectations and and things that we have in mind, we allow for so much more and and that's in motherhood, that's in our health, that's in our relationships. So I I like that you put that on top there as a yeah. point to to hit on. Yeah. So I think this is actually a great place to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to dive into the genesis of pure nurture and all that jazz. Okay. So, Christy, pure nurture, where did it come from? Where's the concept? I guess take us a few steps back in terms of what brought you to where you're at. You know, what you described, all the things you're involved in. Did you? always have a fascination with childbirth and pregnancy and motherhood, or did you kind of get into that, you know, paint that picture a little bit?
0: It's always, it always makes me laugh a little bit when I think back because there was a point in my life where I didn't know if I wanted to have kids. Mm. And there was a point in my life when I would walk by the pregnancy and childbirth section in Barnes and Noble or borders at the time, and I literally would have a physical aversion, aversion to it. I was like, oh, no, no, no. I can't even go over there. Oh, oh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, I don't know what it was if I just didn't feel ready or I I really don't have an answer for why I had such an aversion to it. But one day I was, let's see, I let me th- back up a little bit because it all starts around my 30th birthday. My dad passed away three days after my 30th birthday. And it was kind of like, oh my God, my life, it was the rug was pulled out from under me. I just, everything kind of reset at that moment because my life completely got turned upside down. And I had a really hard time turning 30. It, It just felt like I don't know. I should know what I'm doing now. There was a, there was all this emotional turmoil for me personally, and then to have my father pass away was also very traumatic and very upsetting. And for that reason, one of the reasons um, it's one of the reasons why I didn't want to have kids because I just felt like I'm so I'm in such a deep state of grief right now. I can't bring a baby into this world. And my husband and I were married. um, We had been married for about three years by that time. And then about three years after my dad passed away, my husband said to me, you need to decide if you want to have kids because I really want to have a child. I really want to have kids. And if that is something that you decide that you really don't, then we need to have a really serious conversation. And I remember sobbing because I just didn't know. I just never felt ready. And I always thought I'd have this moment where I felt ready and I never felt ready. And I, there was always so much more that I wanted to do. And I didn't feel emotionally ready and I didn't feel old enough. And then all of a sudden I realized I'm 34, (laughs) you know, like I'm not going to have all the time in the world to make this, this decision. I have to make a decision. And I know nowadays, I mean, we can, women can have babies well into their 40s and that's no big deal but for Mm -hmm. me at that time i did feel like i am not i'm not 25 anymore and i kept feeling like i was perpetually 25 for some reason (laughs) (laughs) i kind of still do but at that moment i i really realized you know what i do have to make a decision and the one question i asked myself that helped me to realize that yes i did want to become a mom was thinking about myself as a 50 or 60 year old and if I wanted to have children in my life and the answer was absolutely yes I do and I realized what was holding me back is that I didn't want to grow up I didn't want the responsibility and and when I finally realized that that I was never going to feel ready and feel like now's the time that I just we had to just go for it and so we did, and here I am now with my two little girls, and I have to say, looking back, I think to myself, why didn't I have kids sooner? You know, I just, mm-hmm. I, it's, it's amazing, but you don't know what you don't know. And right. so it was when I was pregnant with my oldest daughter that I became really interested in pregnancy health. And I had been a health coach prior, so I was working as a health coach, working with women. Around holistic, a holistic approach to just being uh, being well, having more energy, uh, just feeling better uh, in general, and then all of that kind of really solidified when I was pregnant, and it all kind of just funneled down into this one area of pregnancy. And I thought, well, I think I'm only interested in this because I'm pregnant right now, and and it'll, and it'll fade but then it didn't fade and it just kept growing and growing. And then I became pregnant again with my youngest. And again, it just kept growing. And so that's when I decided to close down my health coaching business as it was and start all over again. And I started with the book. I just started writing. It just was in me and I just started writing. So I was writing during nap times. I was writing after bedtimes and it was about a two year process for me to write my book. And that book is what set the foundation for what is Pure Nurture right now. Pure Nurture now being the classes, uh, the community, the podcast, the book. It's all underneath this one umbrella, and it all started with the foundation of the book that I wrote right after right after giving birth to my youngest daughter. Wow.
2: That's a really beautiful story, and I greatly appreciate your candor in terms of that grappling with a big life choice and, you know, when do you know and how do you know and that it's it's never it's usually not a linear thing, particularly for someone who has some of the elements that you were working with in terms of the the uncertainty and life experiences. And I just I, I appreciate that. And I think a lot of moms can connect with that, even if you have had a child and are listening and, and kind of go back a little bit. I, I do this sometimes, you know, in the mental archives of, you know, the choice of motherhood and how it fit for me and where it just, just all of it. I just, I, th- sometimes words are difficult for it because it is such a, a transformational life thing, whichever way you go about it. And I just, I, I like that you shared that because I think that can be a challenging thing for some women to articulate part even especially after children to think about when they might have been unsure or to even think for a second about what might li- what life might be like did you not become a mother you know all of that that's a that's a big mixed bag oh yeah it really is it really is so in terms of what you're doing daily with pure nurture i know hypnobirthing is a big part of it And hypnobirthing is big in this community. So we ourselves, we did hypnobabies, which I know can be similar, but you're probably better to speak to what some of those differentiators might be. So what I'd like to do is talk about hypnobirthing, what it is for someone who maybe hasn't heard of it or just heard the buzz about it and is interested in it. So could you just kind of give us a little overview?
0: Yeah, hypnobirthing is basically... It's multifaceted, but at the very, very foundation, it's using the power of your mind to influence and support your body. So it's using this mind-body connection through self-hypnosis, visualizations, affirmations, relaxation, breathing techniques, all of these different tech techniques that we can use that will have a direct impact on our body that will support the birthing process. And, one of the biggest things that, that I really find one of the most important aspects of hypnobirthing is that it helps us to get out of the thinking mind and allows us to really get into our body and allow that physiological process, the birthing process to unfold more naturally. Because sometimes when we try to control it mentally, It gets in the way. We can kind of shut things down or we can slow things down based on what we think we should be doing or the way we think it should be. Um, Or even if the discomfort comes up, how that can impact um, our body. so we use our minds, and using self hypnosis helps helps us to come into a really, really deep state of relaxation. That it helps diminish any discomfort that we might be having, or li- And for some, and we never say that hypnosis um, or hypnobirthing can lead to a pain free birth. However, for some people, it actually does. Um, not not for most. You you're gonna feel something. It's very common to feel something, but. Using self-hypnosis can make the whole process so much uh, smoother and more comfortable. I have to say, in my first birth, which I did not have any uh, education, the only education I had with my first birth was going to the hospital and getting the tour and then going to, I think it might have been an hour long or two hour long um, education class at the hospital. And the one thing that I remembered walking away from that was what the epidural needle looked like and how it worked. Um, I remember them showing us and telling us how it worked. And I remember that needle, it just scared me. Like the, And I thought, I don't know if I want that. Um, and so I ended up hiring a doula. And so I had a doula for my first birth who was amazing. And I love her so much. And I love what she did to support me through my first birth. But I Through that, I said at the end of like, as I was giving birth, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. And there was so much panic. There was so much fear. There was so much uncertainty. And then fast forward to my second birth where I had been introduced to hypnobirthing at a yoga class. Uh, I was taking prenatal yoga and a hypnobirthing teacher came in and shared about hypnobirthing classes. I had no idea what it was, but it sounded like it blended really beautifully with what I was learning in yoga. So I thought, I know I'm going to try it. I'm going to go for it. And I loved it so much. And I went into my second birth literally feeling like I've got this. And there are pictures of me throughout the birthing process with my second, where I'm just smiling and I'm relaxed. And I just remember being so happy and so calm. And I felt like, I just wanted my husband and my doula there and I felt like everybody else could just leave the room. You know, I just, I just was like, I'm so good right now. And I felt so happy and calm. And I really attribute that to what I learned in hypnobirthing. And I also will will say, you know, being the second birth, obviously I'd been there before. I kind of knew what to expect in the birthing process, even though no two births are exactly the same. It's always different. It always, everything kind of unfolds uh, differently. So but i think i was a little bit more relaxed because of that too but i i can't say enough about how much the hypnobirthing classes and and ever all of the techniques that i learned supported me and i loved it so much that i decided to become a hypnobirthing teacher and so that's why i'm teaching hypnobirthing today is because i had such a positive experience with it mm. um i'll stop there i feel like yeah. i kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent i get really excited about it
2: <laughs> no <laughs> Clearly Ramp that's on. amazing. I mean, what's a better vote of confidence in something or an endorsement for it than to have experienced it yourself and then take it on in your own business and your own practice and your own work that you do? I mean, that's the ultimate, you know, that's <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. So, it makes a lot of sense. As far as hypnobirthing, the process and the tool for pregnancy and birth is it applicable for all kinds of birthing locations and choices and variations.
0: Yes. <clears throat> yes. A lot of people, you know, one of the biggest biggest myths that I hear is when I say I'm a hypnobirthing teacher, people will say, "Oh, isn't that when you give birth in water?" Oh, and wow. So many people think that. I mean, just even I mean anybody, even people that aren't parents yet, people that are parents, anybody out in the community that I'm talking to, so, I would say nine times out of ten, they say, "Oh, isn't that when you when you give birth in water?" Um, and I say, "No, absolutely not." In fact, I have had students um, come back where they know they have they've had their first, and they are pregnant again with their second, and they will come back um, to class knowing that for whatever reason they have to have a scheduled C section, and they will use hypnobirthing to support them throughout the, um, the surgical birth because it, I mean, that can also be, um, you know, can create nerves. It can, it can feel a little bit scary. And so we use hypnobirthing to support, um, the parents through that type of birth as well. You can give birth anywhere. Hypnobirthing can be done in a home birth. It can be done in a hospital birth. I gave birth at a hospital, at a hospital, both times. And it can be a water birth. It it can be any type of birth. It can be a birth standing up. I had one uh, one of my moms in class. She gave birth at the hospital, and she gave birth standing up. And she said that it was one of the first. It was it was the first birth that her doctor had ever seen a woman giving birth standing up. Wow. And so you know, there's just you can give birth anywhere, any any in any way, uh, with any type of support using hypnobirthing, because it really is a mind-body approach to birthing and helping you to remain calm, helping you to feel um, empowered. A lot of what we talk about as well is understanding the actual physiological process of birth. And then also, especially for hospital births, we'll talk about a lot of the protocols, the interventions that are used. And what I find to be the most empowering is that the couples can then learn or the parents to be or parent to be can learn about what's, what's typically done and why and the risks and benefits so that they can go in and say, you know what? I'd like to ask a few questions about this. Uh, What if we wanted to do it a little bit differently? Or why do you do it this way? Or do you do it this way? And just that conversation creates so much empowerment and ease Because you're not going in and thinking that somebody is just going to do whatever. And then if something's done that you don't feel comfortable with, but it's this is the way we do it and you don't have any information behind it or any understanding around it, that can create stress that can create, um, just a a less, um, I, I would just say you have a more positive experience, uh, when you feel knowledgeable about what's done and why it's being done. And then when there's informed consent around different procedures or interventions, you know, if an emergency were to come up or something, uh, were to come up, I, I always give the example in my class, uh, around, um, cord clamping because I was very, um, I learned a lot about cord clamping and I was, I was really interested in having the cord not be cut or clamped to allow it to pulsate until it was finished pulsating for various reasons. There's lots of benefits to that. And then when my baby was born, her cord was around her neck and the doctor felt that it was really important to cut it immediately. And so that happened and I was disappointed. But at the same time, I felt like, you know what, if that's what in the moment felt like needed to be done for my daughter's safety, then that's what needed to be done. And I, you know, and I didn't get what I needed or what I wanted. But at the same time, I, because I was... I was part of it. I was like, he he talked me through it. He said what was going on. I felt okay with it. There was a sense of ease around that. And I find that that is how a lot of my students feel, a lot of hypnobirthing students feel. And this goes for many different types of education classes. If you take a Bradley method or even for y'all hypnobabies, which is very similar to hypnobirthing using hypnosis for birth. When you are informed and when you feel like you're part of the conversation, I just think it helps so much to feel more at ease and to have a more, a better experience overall.
1: Absolutely. We're so right there with you. Yeah.
2: And what came up for me, particularly when you described utilizing hypnobirthing for a planned cesarean, something I, you know, wouldn't have even thought of, and also how you can have your your tools your mindset work and it can still be applied even when the plans change and I think Mm -hmm. that's something that we forget about especially in the moment but that's where if you have the groundwork and the conversations laid down or you have someone like you or you have a doula or you know you have that connection with your care provider when the plans change even if the location is different or you know, something doesn't go exactly the way that you were planning for it. You can carry over and still apply it to that circumstance, even though it has changed slightly. So you can carry what I'm trying to say, I guess, is the energy and the empowerment and the awareness and the informed, uh, confidence you feel, you can carry that in even when things
0: change. Yes, absolutely. And something else I want to add that I've, I found just in my experience of teaching and then seeing uh, my students or hearing from my students after they give birth through hypnobirthing. they I've heard multiple times from different women, oh yes, and they tell me about their birth, but then they tell me in a very disappointed, as if they've failed in some way, that they ended up getting an epidural. And I always say to them, don't be disappointed. Thank God that you have that option. You were in the moment and you decided that that was the next best choice for you to support you in your, in your birthing, and that there is nothing wrong with that. And I think a lot of people can think that hypnobirthing is only for quote unquote natural birth or intervention-free birth and that if you end up having an intervention, then you haven't had a hypnobirth, which is absolutely not true. You can do a hypnobirthing class with the full intention of going in and getting an epidural as soon as you can, mm-hmm. as soon as you want it. And so I also want to say that hypnobirthing does not mean that it has to be an intervention-free birth because it, it's always. Um, I, have just heard it so you know, multiple times that I just realized, you know what, this is a thing. People think that if they end up getting an intervention that they've somehow failed or somehow didn't do as well as they wanted to do, or that their birth didn't go, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, there's just disappointment in their voice when they say it. And so I just want to say that as well, that, that if you are giving birth and you realize, you know what, I need support. I, w- I want an, an epidural that that's okay and that hypnobirthing supports you whether you have pain, uh, other pain management uh, or not. Right, right. So you
2: dispelled a common myth, misconception around hypnobirthing, around it just being in water. I don't know, I guess hypno and hydro people. Yeah, that's what I think <laughs> it God is. Like connected. that, Those
0: two words like, somehow go together in our yeah. brain. Yeah, is there another
2: big either problem or question That seems to come up. It's a very frequent one or a pattern you recognize in uh, mothers, couples, families that you're working with. Something that you could maybe address that a listener might also have come across in their own process.
0: Yeah. The other one is that people think that um, I have two in one, basically one that with hypnosis that you are going to be somehow not present. You're going to be in some, like there's so many myths around hypnosis in general that you're going to be in some other space. You're going to be knocked out. You're not going to, you're not going to be aware of what's happening. And that is absolutely not true at all. Uh, you are 100% present, you are just in a very, very deep state of relaxation, you can hear what's going on around you, you can talk to people, but you're, it's all about the brain waves. And you bring yourself into such a deep state of relaxation, that it allows the body to, um, you know, that it allows the body, we say surges instead of contractions, but the contractions or the surges are what are, are helping to open things up so your baby can be born. And so it allows that to happen more smoothly because you are in such a deep state of relaxation, but you are definitely present. If somebody needs to ask you a question, you are, you can answer the question. Um, but it's, it's not, you're not in some weird, like altered state. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one of the, I think that's one of the, probably top five biggest myths around hypnobirthing. You're like, either not, you're knocked out, you don't know what's going on. um, And that's, you know, that's not the case. And then the other thing I was going to mention is um, it it completely slipped my mind. (laughs) I don't know where it went. I'll mom just, brain, mom brain. <laughs> I know mom yeah. brain. Let's see. <clears throat> it's so it'll real. come. To me. Cool, it'll come to me.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I love that you that you bring that up. The, the concern about what it, what it means, and I, I think that just comes from you know not really understanding what it is, and maybe being a little freaked out by it, or a little uncertain, and you know not to, not to throw off the line of thinking that you put out there with the myth. But when I think about you're already going into birth, like you're already going to not be with everyone else in a way, like you're already going yes. to an altered state. So let's make it an empowered altered state. Yes. With hypnobirthing.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that. That's a perfect way of saying it. <laughs> and now my, my, my second point that I was going to make just came back to me. Yes. Um, I'll just on a side note. Somebody told me like, when you forget what you're going to say, if you say it'll come back to me, there's more of a chance of it coming back to me. If you're like, Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember. Then it'll be harder to come back. And this kind of goes along with the philosophy of hypnobirthing, which is about affirmations and talking about and thinking about what you do want versus what you don't want because of the power of the mind. So a lot of people think that hypnobirthing means no pain, but that's not necessarily true. You, you might have discomfort. You might feel a lot of intensity, and that doesn't mean that you're failing at hypnobirthing, even though some people will feel feel less discomfort. Um, I will say with my hypnobirthing experience, I, um, I, I felt things. It was, um, there was some discomfort, but it was not anything that I couldn't manage. And when the surge comes, or the contraction comes, it comes for a moment or moments, and then it's gone and you can rest and relax. And so I think that it's also important to say that, you know, even if you're, if you're having a hypnobirth, it's not uncommon that you won't feel something and what you're feeling can be different from what you felt in a previous birth, another birth experience, or what your sister or mother or best friend has told you what they felt. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yes. I think that's that's just so important to know. And you know, like we did we did hypno birthing through Hypno Babies. Hypno Babies, yeah. And uh yeah, and there there was the point in our birth, Sarah, where you looked at me and said, you know, I'm feeling it. Oh yeah. Like it hurts. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then at that at that moment we were able to do what we needed to do and Sarah could flow back into connecting that mind-body connection that you speak about, Christy. So, I think it's it's awesome to just inform folks that yeah you're going to feel different things and that's okay it doesn't mean that you're failing at it and mm-hmm. i've I've heard similar types of things when talking about meditation you know if somebody says well mm. i couldn't quiet my mind so i didn't yeah. do it right and it's like no every meditation experience is different and so the hypnobirthing you know every every uh you know, pressure wave might be different and um yeah happy that you shared that christy
0: yeah
2: Christy, thank you so much for hanging out with us and sharing a little bit of your world and your your process and journey to motherhood, to pure nurture and all that it entails and how you now put that out there in the world in the form of all, all things. So, from a book, it started to the the work that you do to now the podcast and the community that it's grown into. So, we're going to include ways that people can connect with you, learn more about you. But do you want to just uh, throw out there the best ways to do that? You know, website, social, etc.
0: Sure. So it's purenurture dot com, and my podcast is the Pure Nurture Podcast. And I'm on Instagram at pure underscore nurture. So those are kind of the big, the main places where you can find me. Great. Awesome.
1: And then, Christy, uh, where, where do you do your classes? What part of the country do you live in?
0: I'm in Northern Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C. Gotcha. Awesome.
1: So all the D.C. folks, go check out Christy's classes. Yes.
2: And for some of it, uh, virtual as well, as I'm assuming. Yes. Okay, uh-huh. great. I
0: do, I don't do hypnobirthing virtually, although if there's someone out there that is looking for hypnobirthing and cannot find a hypnobirthing teacher in their local area, then um, definitely contact me and let me know. I can either help you find help you to find a hypnobirthing teacher locally, or if not, then then we can do it um, via Zoom or Skype if there's no one local. But uh, through hypnobirthing and hypnobirthing international, they do highly recommend that you do it in person if possible. But I also do health coaching, uh, prenatal health coaching virtually, so that is you know, anywhere in the world I can connect with you, um, for, for health coaching. Beautiful, beautiful. Christy Rodriguez of Pure Nurture. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you both so much. This was fun.